The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Welcome to episode two of Story from the Sidelines. We had the first one in last week. For some reason, they asked me back again, so we're going to roll with another episode. Uh, Last week, we had um, Dan, Matt, and Connor on. We had the fellas on. Today, we only have one guest, but what we make up for in numbers, or what we lack in numbers, we make up for in quality by far. We've got Miss Megan Doyle here with us. Megan, a former lacrosse player from Buff State. She's currently the GI lacrosse coach. She also coaches at Ben Franklin Middle School for their modified soccer program. Megan, how are you today? I'm doing really well, Larry. Um, I'm excited to be here. A little bit nervous, but it's going to be great. Um, Yeah. Good. Listen, don't be nervous. Don't be nervous. We talk every day at work. Megan and I both work at a summer camp. It is fantastic. Um, She's used to me annoying her, and I once again annoyed her to be on on the podcast, (laughs) and she very graciously accepted and said yes. So I am, once again, Megan, in your debt as always. You are fantastic. Anytime. (laughs) Beautiful. Well, welcome. Uh, Megan, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, Stuff that you're doing with uh, soccer, stuff that you're doing with the girls lacrosse. Tell us a little bit about the program. Yeah, so um, right now I'm coaching JV lacrosse at Grand Island. Um, It's been a weird year with COVID, but I'm really happy we got our season in. Um, I also coach modified soccer at Ben Franklin, and I'm sure we'll talk about how I got into that later, but... Oh, hint, hint, spoiler. We'll definitely tell you about that. (laughs) There's a funny story about that. Oh, yes. Um, But no, I'm loving what I do. I am an art teacher. I teach at St. Mark's School. Um, That's what I do full-time. If I could be a full-time coach, I would, but... Awesome. I was going to say art and sports. That's quite that's quite a combo. Yeah. How did did you get into sports first? Did you get into art first? Were you always a little bit of both as a kid? So a little bit of both. I was one of those kids. My mom was like, I can never keep you still. Um, so I think anytime I had an opportunity to get in anything, my mom was like, you're doing it. Um, and then for art, my grandma was an artist. So she would start drawing with me when I was really little. And that kind of inspired my love for art. And then I just wanted to do, if I find something interesting, I just want to do it. So that's really with anything, music too, like everything and anything. That's awesome. I know with me, I can barely draw stick figures. I know it's funny. My brother my brother was always uh, the artist of the family. He was always the one doing doodles. Um, wasn't too much of a sports guy, but uh, me, I was super sports and I, I couldn't do art. In fact, I think art was one of the few classes that I avoided in high school. Really? I took music. I ha- I took music singing to get my requirement. And you know, I can't sing a lick. Oh my gosh. So I, it's funny you say this. So I actually, when I teach art, I always compare it to sports because you, especially the athletes come in and they're like, oh, I can't draw. Really? I can't do this. But it's literally like anything else. It takes practice. So it's motor skills you have to build. 
And if you keep practicing them, like anything else, if you struggle with your left hand or non-dominant hand in a sport, you have to do it more and more. You have to do it all the time to get good at it. The same with art. It's that motor skill. You have to build. You have to build that. Yeah. I, I never thought of it that way. A lot of practice. Practice makes perfect. Yes. So, and if you can draw a stick figure, you can draw a person. You, you know can. What? I promise you, you can. <laughs> Megan, you've inspired me to go home. Maybe I'll start painting yes. or, or drawing, sketching. I'll show you my doodles Looking next week. Looking at the new Picasso. <laughs> All right. Now, Megan, um, you played uh, lacrosse. Lacrosse is your big sport. Yes. Um, so we'll talk that a little bit first before we share our uh, your foray into the soccer world. Um, what position do you play in, so- in lacrosse? Um, I am a goalie. Okay. How did um, you get into that? Because I always thought just being a goalie, you've got to be the craziest kid on the team. I know even for soccer, it's... Sometimes you get, all right, who wants to play goal today? Nobody's hand goes up. So what what got you into playing goaltender for lacrosse? So secretly, I actually think everyone kind of wants to be a goalie. Everyone has a little bit of a okay. curiosity, even if you know you okay. don't actually want to do it full time. I mean, I think still now my whole team at some point wants to hold the goalie stick, wants to stand a goal <laughs> just for a second, know what it's like. Um, I started playing lacrosse in probably like first or second grade with the clinics, and okay. I was actually a midi until I became a goalie. Okay. And I remember it was eighth grade. The varsity coach approached me, and he was like, "Listen, all the coaches were kind of like we didn't they didn't know what to do with me because they thought I would be the best option for a goalie, but they also saw me becoming a very talented midi." And my coach was like, I'll leave it up to you. He's like, if you want to try this, um, I had a martial arts background. So I, he's like, I don't think you'll be scared of the ball. Um, I played tennis too. So it's kind of the same hand-eye coordination. And I tried it once and fell in love and there's no going back. Now, did you notice that if that martial arts background kind of helped you with, like you said, with not being afraid or not being intimidated or anything? I honestly think so. And even with like the hand-eye coordination, I think I was just always like amped up to being goal and I just... It's, and we can talk about this later too, when you get hit with a ball, it's pain for like a few seconds and then it goes away, especially with all the adrenaline. It's like, unless you like break a foot or something, but. Oh, I've had those games where you you get hit on the field and it's like, okay, not too bad. For me, I know I always felt it like the next day or when I went home, that's when I'm like, ooh, I remember that bruise. I remember that. And it's got to be insane because those lacrosse balls come in fast and that ball is not soft. It's a little, it's a little rubber ball. <laughs> I love it. Um, now, speaking of that lacrosse ball coming in pretty fast, you were telling me before you don't wear or didn't wear leg pads when you played. To me, that just sounds insane. Is that like a, is that like a, do goaltenders not usually wear the leg pads or? So I think in, like at the JV and varsity level, I know JV, you have to wear them. Varsity, the rules change all the time. You might have the option. Um, but I know a lot of girls try not to start wearing them like when you get to that varsity level. I personally didn't like them. I felt like they slowed me down. I just thought they were super uncomfortable. Um, and then I know I talked about this with you earlier. When you get to higher levels, especially college, I got to college and my coach was like, told me as a new goalie you're not wearing leg pads she's like i don't like you're not wearing them like you're you don't need them really yeah because at the college level it becomes a thing where like psychological if you're a goalie wearing shin guards at the college level you're weak 
You're scared of the ball. So you're you'll scared have to forwards. get hit. You you feel like you have to wear them because you need to be protected. That means you're scared. Gotcha. So it's just showing a sign of weakness yeah. to the other team. Yeah. Okay, I can see that. But especially starting off as a young goaltender, I mean, I know there's times when I get kicked when I've gotten kicked in the shins. Um, even wearing shin guards in soccer, it hurts. And you're taking, you've got to be taking what, like 10, 15, sometimes 20 shots oh, yeah. a game or more? Yeah. Um, and honestly, my shins have dents in them. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> there's there's no fixing that. And I, I am a little nervous for, you know, when I hit my 40s and I think it's going to come back to bite me. But <laughs> well, if, if we see you on crutches as a 40, 45 year old, we'll, we'll know why. We'll know why. Megan's shins have fallen off. They, but again, it's like. Again, it, it, you get hit, and it hurts in the moment, but then it's over, and you keep playing, and then you feel it the next day, but you ice it, it heals, and hopefully, as a goalie, too, you're making the save with your stick and not your shins. So Very true. That's that's what you got to think about, too, is you're actually trying to make the save with your stick and not your body. Your body's just there to back it up. Now, I'm guessing up top, there's a lot of protection, chest yes. protections, you know, even for the arms, shoulders, or not so much with the arms. So... I never actually had shoulder pads. I know other goalies did. So, but it was like you have a like a throat. I don't can't think of what it's called right now. It's like a throat guard on your helmet, okay. protecting here. Um, you have a chest protector. You wear gloves. You have a helmet, obviously. So a lot like a goaltender up top with a mask and everything for hockey. Yes. And so, but a little bit less with the legs, obviously, yeah. since there's nothing. Um, so that's interesting, uh, especially with the – like I said, when you first told me that you didn't wear yeah. leg guards, I thought that was crazy. And I think part of it, too, um, I was an active goalie. I really like coming out of my crease. I really like running up the field. And when you have so much padding, especially a lot of the leg pads can be super chunky, um, it, sl- it does slow you down. And you feel like you can't run with it. And I know myself, I had I was like a speedy goalie. I could, I knew I could beat anyone who tried to play defense on me. <laughs> So you were that goaltender that would come out and make the challenge. Oh, absolutely. Dive on it. Now, is it the same, similar to a soccer goaltender where you could cover the ball up, or did you have to keep the puck moving, keep the ball mo- Sorry, I said keep the puck. Oh, no, you're that's okay. How, that's how ignorant I am about <laughs> lacrosse at times. But did you Larry? have to keep the ball moving, or did you have to? So when you make a save, you have t- 10 seconds in your crease. Okay. And, and for those of you listening, you have a crease. <laughs> yeah, I believe um, it's, is it 5x5, five 10x10? Five, Honestly, I'm just throwing numbers no, out there. No, I don't know. I honestly <laughs> don't know. Um, but it's a nice little circle. And once you make the save, you have 10 seconds in your crease. If you can't clear it out in those 10 seconds, you have to get out of your crease. And then sometimes you're out there because everyone's marked up. Or sometimes, if especially if it's a weaker goalie, you'll have your defense mark the goalie and try to get them to drop the ball. So you have it to score. Sweet. Yeah. Now, as a goaltender, can you go out of the crease? Or you just... Is oh, it, I can go out, yeah. So you can go out. So it's like soccer where... Goaltenders can go out of their crease. They just obviously can't use their hands out of their crease. So you can go out of your crease. You can't just you can't cover it up yeah, outside the crease. Yeah. So that was if I if I was in my crease and let's say the ball was outside of my crease, mm-hmm. I could get it. I can't rake it back in, but like I could scoop through it and bring it back in my crease. If I step out of my crease to try to get the ball, I can't go back in. Gotcha. So and then and you I, become just like a regular player yes. out there. And that's something too. Um, I was really comfortable like intercepting. So if someone was very close to my crease, wide open, and the ball was coming, I would usually come out. But once you're out and you get it, you can't go back in, and you kind of just have to keep moving. Now, one thing, and we talked a little bit about this for mindset. What's what do you think the best mindset? What like what does what type of mindset do you have to have to play 
especially at the college level like you did at Buff State, is is having a good mindset, is it is it that important? I would think oh, yeah. absolutely, especially playing goaltender. I think as a goalie, you have more of a mental game than a physical game. Like, you're watching the whole game, you always have like the anticipation, like someone's going to get the ball, someone's going to shoot, and you always have to be ready for that, and that's a lot mentally sometimes. Um, but I think every goalie's different. So I am was a super energetic, crazy goalie. Like, I was just not afraid to get hit with the ball. I was I was crazy. Um, there's other goalies who are very... Oh, I don't know the word for it. I don't... Reserved? Yes, like... reserved. So perfect example in college, my goalie partner, we are complete opposites. And I know I kind of talked to you about this. I'm very energetic. I'm all over the place, sometimes maybe a little too all over the place, but my goalie partner was very reserved, like very technical with her saves, like play like by the book. So, I think it just depends. Now, did you notice like if she was your partner, did you kind of learn a little bit to be a little more technical from her and she learned to be maybe a little bit outside of the like not outside of the box, yeah. but a little more aggressive? And I think that was the coolest thing is I like, I would never want to play with anyone else or share a, share time with anyone else than her because we were opposites, but we did learn so much. So one of the reasons I think my coaches first going in, they were scared to play me a little bit was because I was like too all over the place. I was very, my coach said I had noodles and my arms and legs were just everywhere. <laughs> you were like the Dominic Hasek of uh, lacrosse yes, goaltending exactly. there. Um, and my goalie partner was the opposite. And she really helped me kind of compose myself where I think her working with me, she started coming out more and she started going for like interceptions or if there was a ground ball right in front of her, she started like coming out of the crease more where before she was like, this is my crease. <laughs> now you talked about sharing the net. Now that's one thing that always I found interesting in goal. Typically in a game and obviously unless a goaltender gets pulled, you're either in the whole game or out of the whole game. Um, I know for me, I playing soccer I played right midfield center midfield mostly there were times where I'd get subbed here or there especially at high school but it was usually for a quick minute sub a quick two or three minute sub and then you're back out yeah um so as a goaltender on those days how was it hard to keep your focus on days when you weren't in net or days where you knew um especially in college I'm sure you had your schedule of okay, I'm playing this game, I'm not playing that game, I'm playing these two games. Yeah. Did you find it hard to keep your focus on days that you weren't going to be in that crease? So I actually, I feel like our coach never really told us who was in and who was out. And for me personally, um, I really had to fight for my position. I, when I came out of high school, I knew going to college I wanted to play lacrosse, but I didn't really want to go D1 because I knew lacrosse. I had to be realistic. I knew women's lacrosse, I probably would never go pro. So I had to focus on my career a little bit. And when I was trying to choose a school, I had schools reaching out to me. I told you, I'm like, I think the coolest one was Ohio State saw me in a tournament and they like reached out to me once. And unfortunately, it just wasn't what I was looking for. So I told them, I'm like, I'm not interested. But I had a a D1 school looking at me. Listen, that's, I, had, I would put that on my resume. Yeah. I'd be like, listen, <laughs> the Buckeyes were recruiting me and I turned them down. Yeah. That's unbelievable. And I had like D2 schools talking to me. I had a lot, like there was quite a few D3 schools. I, I knew I wanted to go D3. I think that was just the level I wanted to play at with like focusing on my education. So I went to Buff State and my recruit there, I absolutely loved it. The coach wanted me. She was basically straightforward with me. She's like, hey, we have a senior. Your freshman year, you're probably not going to play. 
And that's you got to respect the honesty. You got to respect that. And you, you take that as, you know, I'm not going to play, but it's a time to work on myself and focus on my skill and developing that. So when you do have the opportunity to play, you're, you're good. <laughs> now, she was like, there's another goalie too, and she's great, but I think you're, you will be good competition for each other. Like, I think there's that spot after the senior leaves is open to either of you. So I was like, okay, awesome. Like, I love the team. I love the school. I get there. Um, we have a new coach when I get there. And oh, no. I find out later, because I'm friends with my coach now, um, they were, like, honestly going to cut me because they thought three goalies were too many. I-, I could see a numbers game being played there, yeah. Yeah, so that was super scary. <laughs> um, freshman year, same thing. I didn't really play much, but going into my next year, I think my coach just kind of automatically started playing this goalie because she was the one that was there. She was, like, a year older than me. And I felt like I just wasn't getting this chance to play. And I think I took that as more of a, again, a mental thing. I'm like, I understood the situation. I understood she was a new coach. I'm like, maybe this is how she was when she played. Like, there's just that one goalie. I think a lot of schools do that. You have your starting goalie and then you have a backup. So I just focused on getting better. And I kind of, there was, I think we, we talked about this, right? There was one game where this other goalie was finally pulled and I felt like I was working, like even my teammates were coming up to me like, you should be playing, you should be in there because I had a whole different kind of energy too. And like, I feel like when I went in, my team would match my energy and we'd just be super strong and crazy and it'd be great. (laughs) So anyways, this game, sorry, I'm getting all over the place. No, don't be sorry. This is great. I'm on the edge of my seat right now. Oh, great. And I've I've already heard the story and I'm still on the edge of my seat. So my... And I call her, my, like, my goalie partner, and she's fantastic. She, goalies, sometimes you don't have a good day. Sometimes you get pulled. It happens. And, like, she was having a bad day. So after about five goals, my coach said, Doyle, get ready. Um, she put me in, and I ended up having a shutout the first half. I did really well the second half. Like, I had all these saves. I had, by the end of the game, we lost still, but we had a, I had a shout-out from, like, a lacrosse article, magazine, something. I didn't really care about any of that. I was just excited to be playing, The dynamic Megan Doyle. (laughs) But I'm like, it was really cool, and I did so well, and my teammates were so happy, and like, my my teammates were like, finally, like, you have the opportunity, you're going to start playing, and then the next two games I sat. Like, she just went back to this other goalie, and that was really confusing to me, and I remember, too, and I didn't tell you this, we were on spring break, and my goalie had a fantastic game, and we were winning, and I think there was only, like, three minutes left, and we were up by, like, seven, and my coach was like, Doyle, like, get your stuff on, you're going in. With like, three minutes left like in the three game. Minutes left, and you know, I think, and we can talk about this coaching too. You know, your bench warmers, like you want to, you want to give them the chance. You want to give them play time. And I remember, like, I wasn't, I wasn't even upset that she was putting me in because, like, I was a bench warmer. I was more upset because my goalie partner just had a fantastic game, and I wanted her to finish. And I straight up told my coach no. <laughs> and I remember the look on her face. She, she was like, fine. Like, it was a moment, and it was really scary, but. After that, I just kind of focused on the idea of I'm going to make her, this is going to sound super aggressive, but I was like, I want to make her regret not playing me. I want to keep pushing and I want to be the best I can be and make her actually regret that if she, like, if she had put me in those games, we could have won. Now you say you still, you still talk to your coach or whatever. Have you guys ever brought that up? Have you ever asked her like, Hey, what the hell? Why did you like, why did you make me fight so hard for this? Was it something that she was trying to get a lesson across to you or? So it was actually, and when I say I'm friends with my coach, my head coach was the one we were having this 
little back and forth riff. Back and forth or... thing with, and I don't even say the riff. Like I really respect her. I think she was a fantastic coach. Different, different of opinion. Yeah, different of I, opinion. Then the assistant coach, who's now their head coach, she's the one I'm more like friends with. She was also a goalie. She played for Buff State, so she was like my goalie coach. So she probably got it a little bit more, got the mindset of what yes. you were thinking. And she's the one I've really talked to about this. But I remember at the end of the year, because by the end of the year, I was getting more play time. I think she made that realization. And my goalie partner and I actually ended up splitting halves most of our entire career. And it was just the way it worked. I mean, I think she would go in and she was super composed. She'd start the game. I think as a team, our team would kind of like, you know, settle into like the game a little bit more. Game, okay. And then they'd put me in the second half and I'd like pump them up and bring them back and that's like how we played and there's I don't think I would do that with anyone else I think I'd have a problem splitting time like that but I think we just we understood each other we both knew our part and it just ended up working out well is that a common practice that lacrosse like I know I'm just playing it off in a NHL level you like you really don't see in college hockey NHL hockey whatever where a goaltender starts the first period next period is another goaltender yeah so is that common in lacrosse no and like we tried that too I mean we I mean my goalie partner was playing and then even when she'd have bad games, they'd try putting me in the full game. And I think it was like, as a team, we'd start really well. And then we just kind of die in the second, like just the energy and we just weren't playing our best. So it just ended up being our dynamic. That's how it was. And I think found that formula. Yeah. And like, like I said, I don't think I'd want that with anyone else, but understanding the team and I'm, I'm a team player. That's it just, it was what it was and it worked. Sweet. I love it. Sometimes you just stumble across something and then you ride it until it doesn't work anymore. But going back, I did, we have like end of the year meetings with individual meetings with our coach. And I remember them talking to me and I don't want to say she apologized, but it was like, she she told me she's like, I've only ever dealt with having one goalie, like a starter and your backup. And she was like, you were, she's like, I didn't realize your talent until we got there and until we realized your dynamic with each other and like how you both play with the team and like what that means. So I think it was just a learning experience for everyone. And I have no regrets. I have no resentment. I'm like, I really respect her. I really respect my assistant. I respect my goalie partner. So awesome. And that's one thing about coaching too. It's sometimes you as, even as a coach, sometimes you don't realize the type of players that you have. Yeah. Um, I know there's been a lot of times where uh, I've set a kid out and I, you know, might have played somebody at midfield, at forward, even at goaltender, just because, hey, they've been with me two, three years now. Yeah. I can rely on him. This kid, I know, right, he's shown a lot in, in practice. He's shown, but is he a little bit better? And it, like you said, it's almost like that they have to prove mm-hmm. not that they're just as good as the kid ahead of them, but that they're way better. Yeah. And they've really got to show you that. And I think, too, like in any sport, um. Like, I, I realized my coach was new, too. That was, like, her her first year coaching was my first year playing. So I think I know, like, my first year coaching, and I'm sure we'll talk about that in Oh, a that's coming up next. I'm, like, it's it's hard. And I think I realized that, and I was, like, you know, I'm, like, she's figuring out. I'm, like, I can't be mad at that. So. Now, you said your next foray into coaching. Megan, what, since you're this great lacrosse goaltender, obviously <laughs> lacrosse was the first sport that you coached, wasn't yes. it? Yes. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wish, I wish, I that was my intention, was fi- finding a school I could coach for, but no, well, it was soccer. How did you get, how did you ever, ever, ever get involved in soccer? I don't know, Larry. Oh my goodness. Maybe I should start with, um, 
we already mentioned we worked together and at a summer camp absolutely my first year at the summer camp larry used to come to me and ask me to do everything now when she's saying everything i literally we we work at a summer camp obviously you're you're <laughs> trying to entertain the children you're trying to do this and I was I was the and still am we still work together. I'm the behind the scenes guy. I'm the guy that sets up the game shows. I'm the guy that does this, that sets up this, all the mayhem, all the fun stuff that we do. And I'm always looking for counselors to do something. And Megan, as a first year counselor, there was just something about her. So I'd go to her. Hey, Megan, do you want to do this game show? Sure. Hey, Megan, do you want to do this uh, pageant? Sure. Hey, Megan, I need help with this art. Sure. Everything <laughs> with Megan was sure. Except, you know, no dressing up as the mascot. She I drew she mascot. drew the line at the mascot. But then, like, when Larry comes to me and says, hey, Megan, want to coach soccer? <laughs> sure. <laughs> I was like, Megan, do you have any experience in soccer? No. <laughs> Not at all. And uh, that was the fun. I mean, like, I was really interested in coaching. I really wanted to start coaching. But I've, and I've played a lot of sports, you know. I played tennis. I played basketball. I swam. Did martial arts. Like, I did soccer for one summer when I was four. But I don't think that counts. <laughs> Um, like, I really, it's the one sport I have very little experience in, and I don't even watch it. Like, I didn't really know the rules or anything. It, and <laughs> it, and Megan's telling me all this stuff. The back, Going further a little back, um, I was the uh, girls modified coach at Ben Franklin, and um, we had a couple coaching shuffles, so I was able to move up to the JV uh, level for the girls, and we needed somebody to take my spot at the modified level. Um, the athletic director at Kenmore had been asking, asking, reaching out to people. We need somebody. We need somebody. Um, so I just happened to mention, you know, I, I know somebody. I think she's very athletic. I know she's played um, a few different sports. I'm not quite sure what her level is at soccer. Little did I find out it was nothing. Nothing. But um, <laughs> so uh, the athletic director was sure send her my way. We'll interview her. And that's where the uh, the, it's where the salesman, the sales pitch for me to Megan about soccer was, Hey Megan, do you want to play? And she was like, well, I don't know much. Don't worry. I can give you lessons. I can help you out with this. I know a lot of the kids that, that you'll have eighth graders that are going to be, uh, they'll be fantastic. Again, little did she know that I took most of those eighth graders up to JV with me out of necessity. So she's still she's still not so happy as she grids or she uh, frowns Shaking at me. Shaking my head. Shaking her head. <laughs> but um, what was your, after I finally talked you into the interview and you accepted. I really, and I really went into that interview and I told the athletic director, I said, I do not have experience. I do not know soccer. If you have anyone with just a little bit more experience <laughs> take them like I won't be offended I gave him I was like but as a coach I'll work on mindset I'll work on work ethic I'm like I can do that and then hired <laughs> and and listen when I tell you she has been doing a great job ever since she really really has um I can't tell you how many parents I'm gonna make her blush a little bit I can't tell how many parents tell you how many parents have come up to me and said that she's doing a great job, that she's continuing the strong tradition at that school, <laughs> and uh, I'm not lying at all. She's really, really doing a great job. And even when we've had some of her players come up to JV, they're like, "Oh yeah, Coach Megan was awesome. Coach Megan, we had so much fun and we learned so much." So she really is doing a great job. But going into that, going into that first practice, even before that first practice. What was your what was your mindset? What was your what was your thought of getting into the coaching world in a sport that wasn't your 
sport. I was absolutely terrified. <laughs> I honestly, I was so nervous. I was so anxious. Um, and I think a lot of that came from like, I just wanted to do a good job, not only like for the school, but like I wanted to actually help kids and like make them love a sport so they could continue on and play and it wouldn't be a mess for you the next year. <laughs> but I mean, you helped me a lot. You really did. Um, she's, she's giving me too much no, credit. No, I no, did no. not. I think you invited me to a few practices. I was like, okay, this makes sense. I started watching like YouTube videos. Um, one of my best friends plays soccer. So she came up to Buffalo and we went to a field one day and she was like teaching me how to do for certain like foot skills and now I know for me, I know for me, it's a, a similar situation. My first uh, coaching job, and I told this last week, my first coaching job was girls swimming and diving, and I knew nothing, nothing about diving. I know for me, especially going into that practice, um, that first practice for me, I just, I almost felt a little bit like a con artist. I was like, yes, oh my, I was like, exactly oh my goodness. It. I was like, I've got to keep this charade up. These kids are gonna realize very quickly that I know shit about diving. So I don't know if you felt the same way, but I was I was totally nervous. But then when they kind of realized he might not know as much as we think he knows, they were totally fine with it. And I had a lot of first year divers and we we had a ton of fun. And that was the worst part was I would have like on the very first day, they would ask me like, oh, how long have you been playing soccer? Like, where did you play? And I was like, oh, you know, I'm like, I I was like, I, I play sometimes with friends and <laughs> I was I was recruited by Ohio State in lacrosse. In but. lacrosse, <laughs> I don't even think I, I like feel like I can't even say I was recruited. I think they were just interested in knowing what I was doing. It was like just an email, you know. <laughs> hey, you got more attention from Ohio State than more most people did, especially uh. for sports. So, don't uh, don't sell yourself short there. Um, now now that you've been you've been coaching three years, or is this your your third season, fourth season that you finished up? I can't remember. Oh man, I know with like COVID, it's this... COVID. You did get a COVID. This was this was supposed to have been your third year. This I was believe. supposed to have been my third year. I'll be going into my fourth with soccer, and then for lacrosse, this will be this was my third year. Now with with finishing having two seasons, two full seasons under your belt for soccer, do you feel more comfortable? Do you feel like a totally totally different mindset? Do you still have that anxiousness a little bit? I still do, and I think it's more. Right now, I feel like going in, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I don't remember anything. But as soon as I start, like, I'll watch videos and I'll, like, watch soccer. As soon as I start kind of getting into it again, I'm like, oh, wait, I know this. So Very good. And just like just like a player, you've got yeah. to get your confidence. Just like a coach, you've got to get your confidence. Oh, absolutely. Um, one topic, we're going we're gonna to switch gears here a little bit. Uh -oh. uh, crazy bus trips. I know okay. as – I know – I mean, I've been coaching now for way too long. Um, as a – I remember – Bus trips as a player, um, back in the, I'm going to date myself here a little bit, back in the 90s, bus trips as a player, you know, we got, uh, we had some long bus trips where it got yeah. a little, got a little rowdy, a little rambunctious, a little fun. Um, and then as bus trips now as a, as a coach, you kind of remember, especially in the long trips, you remember, oh, okay, wait a minute, I'm hearing something, that the, the radar, the ears, the antenna goes up, okay. I remember doing something. I got to get up. Hey, what are you guys doing? What are you guys doing? So first, were there any crazy bus trips, uh, especially as a high school or college player? I'm sure there had to have been a ton <laughs> of crazy college bus trips. I mean, it wasn't every bus trip crazy. Let's be honest. I think high school, they were a little more mellow. At least for me, like, I think our lar longest drive was like 40 minutes. 
Okay. So like that was we'd listen to music. We'd just kind of sit there. I think our our coach wouldn't necessarily let us get like too crazy because he wanted us focused. Um, sure, I could see that. Then college, when you're doing like overnight trips and you don't have to play right when you get to the school, those would sometimes get crazy. Oh, for sure. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm giving any information about Buff State or if they even still do this. But I mean, the one thing I remember was like, we you, you can't haze. That's like no, unacceptable. That's, and, absolutely. But the one thing they would always make new freshmen do and... It's not hazing. <laughs> I want to say that because like we, if we really didn't want to, they wouldn't make us. But we would have to sing karaoke. Oh, with, that's fun. No, I know, but with soundproof headphones. So we would get soundproof headphones, or we would like hear ourselves, and the music wouldn't be playing for the team. So we just got to hear one person trying to sing a song, and it was just horrendous. <laughs> Listen, me singing, any, anybody hearing me sing karaoke, it's more of a punishment for them yeah. as opposed to me. I have no problem singing. I love singing. In fact, I'm one of the best shower singers in the world. I can sing in the shower. You get me out of that shower, I sound exactly. horrible. Oh, man. And I mean, oh, I remember it. Shakira was mine, Hips Don't Lie. Hips Don't Lie. That was my song. And I didn't realize how fast the song actually goes and how I did not know the lyrics. And I remember just like, I wasn't actually singing. I got like confused with the words, didn't know what was happening. So I just started dancing. And I remember my coach was just sitting there like watching, trying not to watch. Oh man. But now, like, they... I think that was our big thing was like, we always did like karaoke and we'd like dance and just be crazy. And that was on the that bus? That was on the or... bus. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> Did you ever get those yells from the bus driver? Be like, hey, quiet down. Our bus driver was always cool. I don't think we ever really got yelled at. I know as a coach, we've, you know, you get you get the bus drivers that are really laid back, whatever, as long as you're not throwing stuff around, as yeah. long as you're being safe. But then you get some of those bus drivers that, hey, sit down, quiet down. Yeah. You know, watch the volume. I don't, I don't know. Just for me, I'm one of those coaches that I, I like my team going into the games to be loose, to have yeah. enjoyment, to be ready. And I find if you have one of those those really, and I get it, their job, I would never want to be a bus driver ever because you're dealing with so much stuff. Oh, I could never do it. But, you know, you definitely, you don't want to be that damper. on no. you, you feel sometimes that they're, they're a little damper and they bring the kids down and it, you know, can affect their play a little bit. I mean, that's something I believe too is like we all have a different hype level. Like some people need to sit in silence and just think before a game. You have others who are at like a 10 and just having to dance and sing and be crazy because they need to let some of the energy out. And that's, I feel the same way. I always ask my bus drivers if it's okay to play the music or if there's a problem or like, I try to like talk them into letting us play music if there's a problem. Do a little sales pitch of your own there. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Now, speaking of that a little bit, you mentioned kind of getting into superstitions. Did you have, I know my brother was a goaltender um, for ice hockey, not lacrosse, but yeah. I know a lot of times he had, um, superstitions where he had to do this, he had to do that. I know even me as a player, I always had to put my right shin guard on first, then my left, my right shoe, my right sock, then my left. I had to do right, left, I was very much, and then I had to listen to, I always had three songs that I had to listen to. Yeah. I had to listen to those three songs, and then I could kind of, all right, from there it was kind of do a little own thing or whatever. It wasn't as strict, but did you have a lot of superstitions? Um. I would say I had a lot, but there were definitely things I did. So, especially when I hit, like, my sophomore and junior year and I started getting, like, more serious about the sport and just trying to earn my spot. Um, bef 
before I had to go to the locker room and I was home still, I would play an album that I'd play before every single game and I'd just sit and I'd listen to the album and I'd visualize and like almost like meditate and think about every possible situation scenario that could happen at this game. Then when I got to the school in the locker room, I'm one of those people like I need to dance, I need to sing, I need to like throw things, like I need to be crazy. So I'd always have to like go and like let out some of that energy and then I'd always have to juggle before a game too. If that was like one of my things. I always I, I juggle. It's like a hand-eye coordination thing. I'd always have to juggle. Like if I didn't juggle, I would feel like I couldn't do it. <laughs> I love it. Now you said you listened to an album. What do you remember the album that you listened to? Yeah, and it was funny because I it was just one of those things. I I a friend recommended it to me and I listened to it and I was like, wow, I really like this. But it's um, Explosions in the Sky and the album was I think it's called The Earth Is Not a Cold Dead Place. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Hey. So and it's it's just like very it's instrumental. It's there's like no words. I don't think I don't remember. I haven't listened to it in a long time. But I'm like I'm pretty sure it's just like instrumental, and it always put me in like a mindset. Absolutely. I feel that and that could be a whole separate show. There. I feel like music is a big, big, big portion of of sports. Yes. Um. I know for me, it was always uh, <laughs> my three songs. I started off with uh, Frank Sinatra's "I Did It My Way." Uh, really? Oh, that's great! Oh, I loved it. For some, I don't know why, but it just it got me into that. It was kind of like ramping things up. It got me into that, just that mindset. I'm gonna go out there. I'm gonna play my game, my yeah. way. I don't care what what this person says. I'm gonna do it. So that was my number one song. I had to do um, Frank Sinatra's "My Way." Uh, my second song wasn't even so much as a song. It was more of an artist. I listened to DMX. Okay. Um, listen to DMX. Rough Rider. You have to, yeah. Rough Rider was a, <laughs> a, a big one of mine, but I could kind of vary that second as long as it was a DMX song. Yeah. Just something to really get me fired up, really get me ready to go. And then the third song again wasn't didn't have to be something special, but believe it or not, classical music. I don't know why. I just whether it was Beethoven, whether it was Bach. Yeah. Something to just okay. I got myself ramped you up. You kind of hit it all, and That's... now to just kind of focus yeah. myself. No, I think I think, and you're right. You could probably do a whole episode on music and sports. No, classical makes sense to me. Um, I, and I got so much crap for playing classical music. Can you imagine playing classical music in a locker room? As as a uh, freshman and sophomore, I kind of had to you know put it whether I had the old Walkman, yeah. you know where you had. Uh, you had discs. Well, that's like one of those things you got to keep secret. Like, oh, don't it's... let other people know you listen to classical. Oh no! Oh, Larry, by the time <laughs> by the time I was a captain, junior and senior year, yeah, um, I had it blaring in the locker room, and even people would turn that off to me. Like, listen, this is about four minutes. Listen to it, or you're as the captain. I'm like, I don't ask you guys oh, to do that. all that much, but you're gonna do it. So that was my. Uh, I got a lot of crap for that. The DMX, they didn't mind, yeah. and the Frank Sinatra, they didn't mind. But I was going to say, in high school, when I played tennis, I did have a song to it. It was um, Don't Stop Me Now. Oh, okay. The Little Queen? Yeah, I like that it. was like my, I had to listen to that before every game. Um, and I always think, like, one of my favorite movies is Shaun of the Dead. I'm not sure if you've ever seen when they play oh, I love that. It. In the, like, I always, that's like, uh, it's just what I needed. It would get me so pumped up. <laughs> I love it. That, and that's such a great scene in it that is. movie. It really I think is. That is such an underrated movie. It's I love it so much. <laughs> I I could not agree with you more. That is fantastic. <laughs> um, so we talked a little bit about uh, bus trips and some crazy stories there. Um, and even with music, this kind of leads me to my next point: yeah. uh, playing mind games. <laughs> um, 
as a coach and as a player, did you ever play mind games? Well, first as a player, did you ever play mind games, like whether it was with your teammates to kind of get them fired up or get more out of them or with the other team, um, your opponents to kind of uh, psych themselves out a little bit? Did you ever really play any mind games or was that not your thing? So I think for me, and like as a goalie too, just that position, because it is such an independent role, um, I think I didn't play many mind games. I mean, there's like certain things you can do. So like in lacrosse, I don't know if you know this, there's an eight meter shot. So if there's a penalty called, um, the other team can get like a free eight meter, which we line up, they have the ball and it's basically a one, one V one, like her shooting on the goalie. Do they get to run in or yes. is it? So there's really? like, there's an arc around the crease okay. and let's say they make a penalty and it's right at the middle hash. They get the ball at the middle hash. Whoever had the call on them has to go behind them. And then everyone else could line up on the hash with them and they're like on the different marks. So when the whistle blows, your defense can run in and try to stop them. But they're basically if a good shooter can take like one step and shoot on you. Really? Yeah. So with that, and I, I don't like this. And I personally, I think it's again, like one of those things, like you do it, if you're not good, you do it is like, it's weak is some goalies will bait you. So like if they're, a right-handed goalie, they might stand more on the left side, so you can't shoot on that left side. So that right side is open, so when they're taking that shot, it's on the right side, and you know you're, like, just getting there to make the save. I love like, it. I guess that's, like, the closest thing. So that's a little head yeah. game. I could see that. Um, so on penalty <laughs> shots, or were they called penalty shots? I know they're, they're called eight meters. Eight meters. Yes. Okay, so on eight meters, played the mind games with the other team. Um Anything like during the game or not really like any even even trash talking. I don't know how prevalent that is with goaltenders. I know I was a little bit of a trash talker as a player, but uh, we'll get into that story a little bit later. I definitely was more in high school, and I think that was because I wasn't as confident with my skill yet. So I'd get frustrated easier. And then like if someone was stepping in my crease, I'd be like, get out of here. Like I'd kind of push them. And I was definitely way rowdier in high school. Um, and then when I got to college, I was more like killing with. Kill them with kindness. Like, I was always just so nice to everyone, so kind. Like, I was very upbeat. Okay. And I did that for myself. I did that for my team because there's nothing, and especially in hockey, I'm going to bring up hockey here, there is nothing I hate more when a player does something stupid, like push someone else, and they're they're out. They get, they're put in the penalty box. I'm like, you are letting your team down for doing something so stupid that could be prevented. And I get that's part of the fun of hockey, watching people get into fights and push each other around, but... Now that's with me, especially as a player. I I was, I, I'll be honest. I was a little shit. I was a little shit disturber as I a player. Where, <laughs> oh, absolutely. I'd be the guy where I would. Um, I played center mid. Occasionally, yeah. I'd get outside to right mid, but I would get into. Uh, I would get into the ear of the person that I was guarding. Mm-hmm. Whether it was just little comments, whether it was. Um, I'd get by them, and next thing you know, I'd be like, "Dude, I just, sm- I'm, I'm sorry. I made you look bad. I shouldn't yeah. have done that." Yeah. It just little stupid comments like that, and I could tell that the more you know, uh, you'd get that angry look. They'd get that angry look on that face, and that would only spur me on to do it more because I knew if I could get them off their game, even just a little bit, yeah, it's going to give me an advantage, especially, um, you know, in big time travel games when we were playing, and we were playing against a team that was just as good as us or maybe even a little better, you're looking for every single advantage that you can find. Um, And again, maybe it didn't help at all. Maybe that's me trying to just say that, oh, yeah, my trash talking was good. But I, I, you could always tell that, if, especially if you get a player frustrated enough, they spend their time 
focused a little bit more on you than on the actual game. I'm getting back at you. And don't get me wrong. There's definitely been times where I've got taken down hard because of it. I've got an extra push because of it. But you know what? Sometimes it would result in a yellow card for the other guy. Sometimes it would result in a red card for the other guy. Yeah. And, of course, as they go off, I'm sitting there laughing and uh, let them know. Maybe like a little, see it. Yeah. Next. Uh, so for me, that was always my my little version of playing uh, mind games with yeah. the other team. I think, too, like with that, again, as a goalie, like I feel like I don't really see anyone. They're just shooting. I think the biggest thing I probably did this in high school was like if they took a shot and missed or if I saved it, I'd be like, oh, better like next, next time or just something like sassy. Um, I, I quit doing that in college, though, because it was just and I tell this to my girls I coach now. I'm like, if someone's giving you a hard time. It's because they're trying to fire you up, and if it's ha- if it, if you are getting fired up, you're being weak. I'm like you're you're better than okay. that. Like, you can be better than that. Be better than them. Or like, I'm like they're either in your face or pushing you because you're better, and they're like frustrated. Keep being better. Like just keep playing. Be better than them. Make them frustrated that you're so much better than them. I love it. <laughs> so you would you would definitely be telling your kid, but like, listen, don't let don't let number eleven get in your head. Just shut him up by putting one on the scoreboard. Yeah. I love it. Um, now, mind games with your team. Did you ever play um, mind games with your team as, as either I, – I, well, let's go as a coach. As a coach, okay. did you ever have to – I don't want to say trick your team, but I know there's been times where especially certain players – I'd usually do it with the more, more talented players or players who I thought weren't giving the best effort. Sometimes it was just a simple conversation or a simple walk by, but like, hey, you know um, – Megan's doing a little better than today. You better kick it up or you're going to be finding yourself on the bench. Yeah. Something like that that you know you know, you have no intention of putting that person on a bench, but something to just kind of fire them up a little bit. Do you ever have any mind games uh, from coach to player? So I've been really fortunate, I'll be honest. I've only been coaching three years. Like My team has always wanted it. They've always uh-huh. been like a very driven team. Um, but I think the biggest thing, like, would be sometimes I might act a little more like disappointed in something or a little more like, oh, like we can be better just to give them that little oomph because I don't, again, I don't think I, I'm an upset person. So when I get like a little bit upset, they're like, coach is upset. Like we, we have to play better. We have to be better. <laughs> don't want to let coach down yeah. type of deal, which, which I, I feel like is terrible. I, I feel terrible for doing that, but like, and I don't do it often, but I know there's been times where I'm like, you know, they are playing pretty well but they could be playing better and like they're starting to kind of fall so I give them the like I'm like I know I know we're better than this like I'm a I'm a little disappointed and like you should be disappointed too like you can play better than this but now even at half times are you more of the the fiery coach the the let's you know the rah-rah speeches like me I know I've definitely uh lost my voice giving some of those speeches on the sidelines I think you've heard a couple of them or are you more of the uh, cerebral coach, the more like, hey, listen, we've got to get, you know, a little bit more uh, composed, I should say. A little bit of both. Okay. So I'm, I'm, again, I'm a very upbeat person. So I'm always like cheering them on. They come off. I'm like, yeah, let's go. Let's do this. Like, we got it. But I also like to, like, when you coach, you take notes like, oh, this person's doing this. This person's doing this. this they're doing this. We got to fix this. Um, but I also try to give my players a chance to talk to. And this was more my first two years. I had a team again. They were, they just, they had the it factor, you know, they just, they all wanted it. So I would always let them come off and I'd be like, what are you guys seeing? Like, 
share with each other and I'd kind of let them talk and then I'd add in the points that they may have missed and then we'd go out and do our thing. But I was always positive. Beautiful. Always. Definitely. I, I love positivity and I always try to be positive. Don't get me wrong that when I say I'm a positive coach, that doesn't mean there's times where you, <laughs> you got to rip in your team a little bit. Um, but you do it in a positive way. Yeah. You do it where you know, oh, hey, guys, you know, yeah, I'm a little upset because I know that you guys can be playing at such a higher level yeah. and you guys aren't even close to that level right now. You've got to kick it up. You've got to get going. I know we've let two goals in. It's not over yet, but we've got to play so much better. And I feel like t- I have kind of like a silly personality, too, and sometimes a little too silly. And I realize like my first year, I'm like, I probably should have come in like a little bit. Oh, uh, What's the word? I don't even know. A, a, a little bit stricter, a yeah, little bit I think more so. stern. That was, that's probably my biggest regret. Was I? I came in a little bit too like, oh, like let's let's do this. We're gonna be great instead of like running, not running them, but y- you know, you know what I mean. Instead of being a little tougher out of yeah. And it's funny you said that because my my first year too, um, I was coaching girls varsity, uh, girls varsity soccer for uh, high school, and I was. I was one of those. I wanted to be the nice guy. I wanted to be the coach, but like you know, friendly, friendly. And we had a pretty good team that year. We, uh, you know, we won the first two games, uh, third game of the season, third game in. And I had always been like, all right, rah rah. Never really had to yell at them. Third game in, we were down, um, down two nothing to a team that we really shouldn't have been down two nothing to. We yeah. let in um, a soft goal for the first one. Had a couple of defensive lapses. weren't really creating the chances that we needed to up top. And um, the second goal came with uh, probably like five minutes left in the first half. And that, what for whatever reason, just really, really set something off where it, like, okay, this is enough. Yeah. And um, to start at the end of the first half, you know, going into halftime, we kind of, we didn't go into the locker room, but we had a little tree. It was like, girls over here. So coach, what do you mean? We're not on the bench. no. We're going away from the bench, kind of went a little further away from the bench and just ripped into them. And it was really the first time I had ripped into them a little bit. Like, listen, we're playing awful. We are doing this wrong, mm-hmm. this wrong. We've got to get better. Where? What happened to the defense from last week? We're running stuff out there that we've never talked about. We're missing open guys, like strict. And after I went on for about two to three minutes, just we've got to get better. Yeah. And I had dead silence for my team. I'm like, girls, we're still in this. We've got to win. We've got, you know, we've got to fire them up. They got fired up. We ended up winning the game three to two. And I just remember on the bus ride home, um, it was about a good 40 minute bus ride in and we were still dead silent. And I kind of just five minutes into the trip, I'm like, girls, what's, what's up? We won good come from behind victory. And my captain sheepishly raises her hand Coach, we'd never really heard you yell. And I was like, well, what do you mean? They're like, you kind of scared us a little bit. And I'm like, well, don't play like that, and I won't scare you. Um, And it wasn't the fact that we were losing. I tell my teams every year, I don't care if we win 99 to nothing or lose 99 to nothing. I'm going to be happy with an honest effort. If you give me an honest effort in practice, in games, I don't care what the score is. The second you stop giving an honest effort, the second I feel that you're not playing up to your ability for whatever reason, I'm not going to be happy. I'm going to be I'm going to get upset. And again, it's not with the score. I want to win just as much as anybody else though. 
But I realize sports is winning and losing. Yeah. Um, but an effort should be there every single game. And if it's not, I'm going to let you know. Uh, a question with that, though. So in your experience, when you have to yell at your team like that, do they ever shut down? Um, I've... I. There's been a couple times where, and I've learned to adjust. A couple times in that first season, where if I see that they're if they're shutting down during that thing, that's mm-hmm. where I kind of I've learned to really switch to yeah. that. But like, all right, listen. As bad as we've played, we've still got to get better. Kind of build them back up a little bit. That's where you you turn on to the almost super rah rah coach, yeah. Um, and you let them mm-hmm. know. But yeah, I think there's been a couple games where, especially early on in my coaching career. Or maybe I went a little too far. Yeah. Maybe I went a little too like, all right, we've got to. Um, and yeah, it can, it definitely can um, affect the mindset. And there's been times where, but like, all right, ladies, didn't come back and win, but let's let's give an honest effort again mm-hmm. next time. Let's give a you know, let's give it better. Um, you've got to get better. I've got to get better. I might not have had the best strategy out there. I might not have. I'm not perfect. I'm gonna make mistakes as a yeah. coach. So you kind of. I feel as long as you take onus of your mistakes, whether it's a player or a coach, they still have that respect for you. Absolutely. They still they still want to go into battle with you. Um, and it is. You've, I've felt even as a player, um, I play so much better for a coach who I respect. Yeah. And I've had a lot of coaches throughout the, throughout the levels as little kid all the way up to high-level travel. I've had a lot of coaches that I've had a lot of respect for. Mm-hmm. I've had a couple coaches that um, – weren't I don't want to say I didn't have my respect for them, but weren't exactly my cup of tea yeah. for coaches. Let's put it that nicely. I feel like I've always been I've been very fortunate in having I think I've always respected most of my coaches, if not all of them. For lacrosse. <laughs> <laughs> you mean you didn't have a lot of respect for your soccer coaches, you know, in your oh, no, illustrious no, no. soccer I'm, career. I'm like really all my I I'm like there's one sport I had a coach I wasn't super fond of, but I don't want to get into that. <laughs> no, we'll we'll save that for we'll save that for your next time on the All podcast, right. <laughs> on your return trip. Um, well, let's lead us into our uh, our next little segue here. Um, I'm gonna spot out big words like segue. You know, it makes me sound smart yeah, a little absolutely. bit. Like I know what I'm doing in the podcast <laughs> business. Um, intimidation, and we kind of talked about this as a player. Uh, first, were there times that? Um, were there times that you've been intimidated on the field as a player? I know I, I shared this story for you earlier today. Um, soccer, I was a freshman. Um, all I heard all year long was, hey, there's this kid in LaSalle High School, Mike Judge. He's a big guy. He's crazy. If he says he's going to step on your head, he'll find a way in a game to step on your head. He's nuts. Watch out for him. And sure enough, our first time playing LaSalle, sure enough, here comes me, this five foot five little skinny rail, maybe a buck 20 soaking wet kid who's out there. And who am I guarding? This six foot three, 195, 200 pound solid Mike Judge, who all you've been hearing about is this crazy senior. I switched my gears from being the intimidator to, hi, sir, how are you doing? I think my, oh my voice God. cracked like oh so no. many times. <laughs> but like, yeah, you guys are going to beat us. Just please don't kill me. Oh my and gosh. ended up just making friends with the guy. And in oh, fact, <laughs> oh, I, I was shooting him all kind of compliments. But like, dude, you, you totally messed that kid up. Dude, you got him. 
and I'm talking trash about my own teammates to save my skin. And sure enough, um, this uh, Mike ends up getting, I forgot the reason why, but he ends up going hard in um, to me as a slide tackle. He gets a yellow. Sure enough, he's standing over me as he slid tackled me, got a yellow, and I'm thinking, oh, my God, here's where he steps on my head. Here's where he steps on my head. And he reaches down and helps me up and says, sorry, dude. And from then on, Aww. I could breathe the rest of the game. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. I didn't, I didn't <laughs> piss him off. I'm going to live. And it was just one of those uh, very few in a game just that I was shaking in my boots to yeah. start that game. And um, it, was, it was intimidating. So that was, that was my big sport about being intimidated on a field. Um, and I know as a goaltender, well, maybe I don't. Maybe as a goaltender, <laughs> maybe it's a little different. Have there been times that you've been intimidated? Is it easy to intimidate a goaltender? or? Um, again, I think it depends on the goalie. But one of the things, I, I hated stats. I didn't like to look at stats. If someone was talking about another team, players on another team, I didn't really like to listen because I think you start psyching yourself out. For sure. Yeah, I, I so can see that. I think the biggest thing was like, I didn't want to know anything about a player other than if they were the one like putting up numbers, just so I would expect like, oh, if they're just running by, are they going to shoot? Are they going to try to sneak something? Like, that's what I wanted to know. But I think the most intimidating thing was just like when you're out there and you see someone get the ball and they're just so talented. You can tell they're talented. I think that's the most intimidating thing is just like realizing someone's skill. And then you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> they're like beating your defenders. You're like, oh, shit. <laughs> Yeah, when they make your team look silly and you're like, Yes, Oops. and I'm like, oh, okay. So now were you big on getting scouting reports no, beforehand? Like, okay, number number 27 is their leading scorer. Number 35 is their uh, – she's more of the assister. Like, were you big on getting the scouting reports or did you try to stay away from even that altogether? So I, I would say that's the closest thing I would go. I was like, I like to know who was like their top shooter, like who was just putting in the most goals because okay. it, that's just in – you want to keep out for them. It's not like I wouldn't look into anything else, like what kind of shots they were taking, because I think if you know someone's coming in as a goalie and like, let's say um, they're going like offside hip every time that's where they're shooting and you're like expecting that, I think just you'd mentally be like, oh, they're shot. They're going to go there and then you're going to like make their own stop and they're going to go somewhere else. So I like to just not even think about it. Got it. I could see that. Be yeah. In the moment. <laughs> you might know their tendencies, but that yeah. could come back to backfire yeah. you a little bit. I could definitely see that um, uh, aspect for the goaltenders um, and what they what they don't want to think about, but at the same time kind of want to think about. Um, I get that. Now, and as far as that, you didn't really care. Um, number 27 was the leading uh, goal scorer in the league, the leading this. You didn't really care necessarily about stats, but you wanted to be aware, hey, on this team, that person is their better player. Yeah. That person is their better assister. Yeah. And again, that's just me. Like, I know some people need to know like every, everything about the other team. I'm just, that's just not me. Now, um, did you run across goaltenders who wanted to know what their stats were, wanted to know their, their, their right-handed shot, their shooting constantly, the left side, their shooting constantly glove high, whatever. Did you, did you know goaltenders who stressed over that or play with goaltenders? I feel like I did maybe like in high school when I did like summer leagues and stuff i know i know there's been other goalies i know i have played with other goalies i just can't think like who but <laughs> absolutely okay um did you ever stress about that stuff or did you learn to just kind of let it out of your head i think the re i got to the point where i'd let it out of my head because i stressed about it 
Okay, so I early think, in your career, you did kind of stress about it a I little bit? I think it was like my, my freshman, even when, it wasn't when I was playing. I was just like, and I think maybe because I wasn't playing, I would get way more into the stats. And then I would get like nervous for my goalie. Be like, oh, so-and-so is going in there. And I would just start getting nervous. And I think I realized that just being on the sideline that I was like, if I'm getting nervous now, like if I'm in there, it's, it's just not going to go over well. <laughs> I could definitely, you don't want to psych yourself no. out before the start, no, before no, the no. game even starts. Um, now, again, as a goaltender, were there ways that you could be intimidating, even whether it's just standing in the crease a certain way, even whether it was um, before the game, uh, I don't know, making big save, making flashy save during warmups? Were there, was there a way that you can kind of, as a goaltender, um, be intimidating either before game, after game, or was that not your style, or was that really not a goaltender thing? I think it can be a goaltender thing. Um, for me, I think it was just like in warmups, I always wanted to make just good saves. Like you just want to make the good saves. Again, I was a different kind of goalie. I wasn't super, oh, we said the word earlier. I'm losing my thoughts right now. Composed. Um, composed. Thank you. I was composed mentally, Men- but my body, like I said, I had noodles. They were like, I was all over the place. And I think that made you me were, intimidating. You sometimes. had an unorthodox style. Yeah. And I think. I, I would kind of like, especially with eight meters, that free that person's getting a free shot basically, and I'm like jumping in my crease, I'm hitting my posts, like I'm getting ready, and it's to show them that I'm not scared. Okay, like, so that like, that was kind of I a little bit of an intimidation method there. Too. I think also if I knew someone, like if the ball's in transition coming down from the other side and I have an open girl, while I'm yelling at my defense to get on them, I'm also coming out and getting my stick in front of them because I, I wouldn't say that's like an intimidation thing, but I want to know like, Oh, they're not a threat. Like, you're not going to pass to them. I love it. I love it. Now, I know for <laughs> me, I was, um, I found, especially when I was a junior, senior, when I was captain or captain of any team, um, even on travel, um, I don't know if this, uh, for the folks uh, listening here, I'm not a big guy. Uh, <laughs> I'm what, I think five, six, maybe five, seven on my tiptoes. Um, little bit heavier now. I'm packing in like 160-ish. But back when I was playing, I was probably closer to like the 140, 145. So again, 5'6", 145. You don't think of an intimidation uh, type of guy. But my big thing, especially during um, coin tosses or anything at the middle, I would stare their player down. Wouldn't just give them the stare, not smile, the stone cold, yeah. whatever. Just look. And I could always tell if I see the person turn away, if I see them kind of move their eyes or not look at me, mm-hmm. that's when I would like, okay, that's my guy. Yeah. That's the guy I'm going to get on the field. That's the guy. The little, I don't know why. I don't know for whatever reason. I just thought it was just more of let me get maybe myself fired up and maybe, maybe look for a weakness in their team. Um, but then again, as the game went on, I always found just any time – you get bumped down anytime you get pushed down, whether mm-hmm. it was legal or not. For me, I found it was if you had to pop up right away. Mm-hmm. If you, even if you were hurt, if you stayed down, that means they won. Even there was, yeah. I remember there was a time where I got taken down and my, I, I knew something popped in my ankle. Like I was hurt. I popped up right away. And I could feel it, and I walked, and I walked. I did the hand raise to the coach. The coach knew I was hurt. The yeah. sub was coming. 
and I ended up just because you need that handball or that sorry, not a handball, you need that throw in to get that sub out. I had to play probably another two or three minutes and I'm biting my lip and I'm playing and even the kid took me down. He's like, dude, sorry. I'm like, for what? Like, I'm fine. Just kept playing, got subbed out, and the second I got to the bench, I'm like, coach, I need like help pop something back in and it was, you know, big time ankle injury. Yeah. You know, had to had to work it out, but um, you for me, it was just never show a sign of weakness. Yeah, and I know there's been players that you know I've taken down, whether it's been legally or illegally. I ne- I'm not a dirty player at all. Mm-hmm. I never tried to to take anybody down illegally for sure, but uh, you know it happens. Yeah, and for me, I always know that if somebody went down hard, if they popped right back up, like, ooh, this this person's kind of this yeah. person's stuff, and for me, it would. It would be a little intimidating, but it also, I, I, it earned, it, they earned my respect. Not that they had to, but, yeah. but for me, it just like okay, that that that's a tough player right there. That's even a thing, like as a goalie too. I mean, we, we talked about it. sometimes you get hit and you get hit hard, and that's like if you are like oh ow like in pain, you're weak. So there's just times you're in so much pain and you just have to wait for like the other team to get it out, and then you can kind of figure it out but no it's definitely a thing oh for sure and there's definitely don't get me wrong there's definitely been times where i've been hit and i haven't gotten up oh same or (laughs) or you do the okay i'm fine okay no i'm not let me go back to the ground i'm not fine and the trainer comes out so i'm not trying to play like i'm super bad or anything because there were definitely times and the older i got and especially in the rec leagues uh, it's been a while since I played, but we're getting a team together. So you're going to play at our soccer team, correct? Sure. I don't know how to play soccer, but <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> I only know how to coach it now. <laughs> Listen, hey, you're going to translate that over the plague. But I know definitely it, uh, <clears throat> the older I got and into those leagues, uh, getting up was definitely a little bit harder than it was as a 18, 19, 20-year-old. As a 25-year-old, like, you are now. I'm like, I'm trying to play basketball. It's my first time playing since I was a senior in high school, and I'm pretty sure I have, like, a micro tear in my Achilles right now, so. Oh, no. Well, let's uh, let's heal that up. Now, do you you like being back on the court? You know, do you you find it fun? So, I was approached to join this basketball league and was told, like, oh, it's going to be fun. It's, like, kind of, like, recreational. Like, it's just we're all in our, like, 25 and older, just going to play, have fun. Um, I see the roster, and it's all college teams just playing. <laughs> like, like college players? Yes. Really? Like, playing all, like, I think, like, Damon. It was at Damon. Um, actually, Damon's not one of the teams. But, like, Buffalo State, like, their college team or, like, girls who play, it's, like, for them to keep in shape over the summer. So, so so they're like active players oh, yeah. still on that team yeah. and they're playing in this rec league with you. So in shape and they're running and we're like running back and forth twice and all out of breath, like barely making it. But I'm having fun. It's but it's really refreshing to be back, you know. Like, now do you notice if they kinda of take it easy on you, if they kinda of show oh, no. sympathy, or they no. just they're like we're they're, we're there to win, we're there gonna to win. show you. <laughs> Which I was gonna say the, the game it. I hurt my Achilles in, I'm like, I think we only lost by a point. So that was wow. so much improvement since the first game where we lost by like forty or fifty. Um hey, not we've so all great. we've all been there. We've all been yeah. on the on the winning end and losing end of those games. Yeah. So that is awesome. Well, speaking of games, um, Megan, I know you've got a lacrosse game coming up oh, yeah. at seven o'clock. Something so like so I don't wanna keep you here any later than I have to. 
Can I tell you honestly what a pleasure it was and just how grateful I am that you were able to come on this podcast. I know me personally, I've learned so much about lacrosse today and hearing those stories, especially I still can't get over this part of wearing no leg protectors. And intimidation factor. I know we, I've talked to you about this. I don't think I said it yet. I'm like, I know one of my teammates told me this and then I realized it is a thing. A lot of the time, if a goalie in college has shin guards on, a good shooter, their first shot will be directly at the head, like right in their face. To get them to flinch to get a little them to bit. Flinch. And then every time that person shoots after that, the goalie's going to flinch because they're now scared of that shooter. Now, have you ever been in that situation or not Not so much? I think maybe just by that player on my team. but <laughs> <laughs> That is awesome. Listen, Megan, you're definitely going to have to come back for another episode or two or 10 or 20 <gasps> So I am so, so thankful for coming out. Uh, Got my first episode jitters out. (laughs) I love it. Listen, you did fantastic. Like I said, going in, I wasn't, I had no doubt that you'd be a rock star. I was more concerned that I'd mess up over you. You would never mess up. So you did fantastic. Thank you. Thank you so much. Episode two is in the book next week. um, We're going to have some more guests come on. We'll share some more stories and we're going to see it next time from stories on the sideline. Come on, get in here. We got to call this thing. Tighten up. Come here. All right, guys, here's the situation. Two minutes left, zero timeouts, down by a touchdown. We gotta drive 75 yards. All right, we can do this thing. I believe in each and every one of you. But real quick, did you guys know that the Two Point Conversation podcast runs five days a week, Monday through Friday, with various co-hosts and different themes every day? And then you can listen to them on BICBP-radio.com, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. So what's the play? Just all right. Just. Come on, hurry up. Get to the line and just run, and I will get it to somebody. All right? Come on. On three. Ready. Set. Mother. Delay of game. Offense. 